Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light, and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at ResonantTruth.com. Today on the Zolkin Count is called White Crystal World Bridger, and it is the 12th day of the Blue Eagle Wave Spell, and it is also the Resonant Moon Day 10. I had the day wrong last time. Our moon starts always on a Tuesday now, and each of the seven-day weeks within it start on a Tuesday, so you can think of a Tuesday as sort of the moment when everything is recycling, renewing. And if you're new, what I mean by that is that we celebrate 28-day months in natural time. They start on July 26th. That is the Mayan New Year's Day. And so every 28 days, we have a new moon. And just think of that as the kind of purest way of saying month. A month is a moon cycle. That is the etymology of the word month. A moon is 28 days long. It's an even set of four seven-week or seven-day weeks. We're used to seven-day weeks, not a problem. We're used to February, which is upcoming and has four seven-day weeks to make 28 days. So we're just talking about a year of Februarys. And uh, each moon begins on a Tuesday, and each of the seven-day weeks begins on a Tuesday, which sounds super complicated just because we're acclimated to weeks always starting, I guess, on a Sunday. But the natural time 13 moon year changes every year its orientation and it begins on a different day of the week every year so the year that started july 26th july 26th was a tuesday and so the entirety of our year renews on tuesdays each week we move through the four directions each moon of 28 days holds one week in each of the four directions and that is a really beautiful poetic, rhythmic way of being with time. So we finished the first week of the resonant moon. This 28-day moon we're in currently, the resonant moon has had one week in the east, the red east, the place of the rising sun at dawn. That is where we always start our cycle. And we're currently in the north. The second week of the moon is in the north, and it is a place of spirit, it is white. And then just to play that out, we have a week in the west, which is blue, and then a week completing the moon in the south, which is yellow. So to say it really plainly, we celebrate 13 months in a year, 
the months, like February, are 28 days long. We call them moons. And each moon is subdivided, although that's kind of a rude way to explain it. Each moon celebrates uh, a week in each of the four directions. So we cycle each 28-day moon through four seven-day weeks, one in the east, one in the north, one in the west, and one in the south. All this is much easier to assimilate if you're looking at a calendar. When I started, there were only calendars. There weren't podcasts. I had a radio show. And so I always am like, yeah, podcasts are super uh, audio, and I love them for that. I love doing things while listening that second attention they call it like think of a like an art kind of archaic picture of a woman sewing darning (laughs) while listening to an old radio box cabinet could be a man was a woman at that time but in any case I'm a woman so I relate to that listening to like storytelling or uh, the story of the day's news while doing something with your hands to me is one of life's great pleasures. It's very meditative, like your hands kind of do something in a less primarily cerebral way because your main cerebral cortex or whatever the physiology is, is is paying attention to what is being told story-wise. So The podcasting experience to me is very beautiful because you're listening while doing something else. I have no judgment about what that is. I think that you enter a meditative space with your body, your hands, your jogging, your driving, like that becomes second attention and less attention. And I think in a completely holistic way and your first attention is on the story that I'm telling and that holds so much poetry and beauty that I'm pro that. However, as a teaching tool about Mayan astrology, it would help to have a visual reference. And so you might own a calendar and you might have a digitalized version of that on a website that you examine to see that 28 days has a ribbon of seven days, the first week in the east, and a ribbon of white the second stage in the north and then a ribbon of seven days that are blue to connect with the west and finally that yellow ribbon. Wow, my voice is croaking at the thought of manifestation completing in the south. And I'm going to be doing some of that visual stuff, but you know, I just feel like it's the responsibility of the scholar listener to assimilate, you know, full package of tutoring materials so that you can listen if you like to listen but you also do the visual kind of on your own like we don't have to spoon feed you everything I create visual stuff and it's available at resonanttruth.com I'm super proponent of visual art and a producer of it and I try to be like visually descriptive when I'm talking end of I guess that was a pitch to sell things buy some physical tutorial items that I sell we are in the resonant time 
and the resonant time is so much about that auditory channel and then just like beyond auditory you know we're not just listening with our ears we're listening with our whole body and like our ear is a canal or it's like a hollow tube and information comes floating down it you know that's sonic but right now we're a hollow tube like our body cavity is less corporal and more ethereal and information is entering us as if uh you know from another realm and then we become full of that other realm and so it's one of my favorite times the resonant tone it occurs every 13 days on the seventh day but here we get 28 full days of the resonant experience and it is a really beautiful apocryphal time of our year you can connect it to the Gregorian and say, okay, look, from every January 10th until, you know, whatever it is, February 7th, your whole life history has been the resonant moon. And I believe you can kind of drop into that experience, like a memory sense of like, what is it like when the holidays are finally passed? And even the push to have a whole new experience with the new Gregorian year people kind of get lost from all that busyness and accomplishment of of creating holiday events for ourselves and our families and we drift back maybe into the solitude of our own experience rather than a collective one and we self-examine and we we are in renewal um you know i constantly attribute that to coming out of winter solstice in the darkest days and feeling a little more light each day. It's really palpable where I live that it's lighter later already. And it's just been less than a month or a moon since winter solstice. So climbing back towards longer days and light and that light is heat and our bodies function off heat and light. And so we are also feeling more energy as we renew, like all of that could be part of the resonant experience, just innately, intuitively over your lifetime. And then just being in it, I mean, I'm over talking about it because it isn't a time of, of action that can be described. It's a time of resonant emptiness and openness and the experience is less about you know what a human uh, creates and hones and and what the spirit world both you know accidentally offers us because we're open and what flows in is not like the spirit world's like giant intention that they cram us full of a certain lesson in this time rather we're just open channels and whatever is happening in that other reality it's just drifts into us and then we can kind of feel and assess like oh the other reality has this vibration because it's in me right now And at the same time, it's almost like the sixth sense we talk about, you know, intuition, that the resonant time is absolutely a reflection of the sixth sense and intuition. And so we are filled, well, let's say we're emptied of some of our other uh, sensitivities or, you know, senses and our sixth sense is on high. And so we just spend four weeks, 28 days being really psychically sensitive which is cool. It's a different kind of, you know, vacation, vacation from smell and taste toward 
um, extrasensory perception. And I have a story about this. <sighs> it's kind of graphic. Um, on Red Spectral Serpent, which was yesterday, and this is connected, I'm telling the story because it's connected to the Zolkin Day, I went off and did some work outside the house, meaning in another city, without any dogs. I have four. And they were tired and well exercised from the day before, and I left the door open so they could go out, and then I asked my neighbor to close the door at dark, and she did, and she sort of inadvertently, mistakenly thought to close my old husky inside, even though my old husky is always outside until it's like midnight, and then it's time to come inside and sleep. So she seduced my old husky in with some kind of treat. And today, which is the day after, White Crystal World Bridger, I came up to my desk to do the podcast and there was diarrhea dribbles all over my new construction work studio yoga space attic. <laughs> I mean, it's really tragic. If I hadn't had enough sort of semi-tragedies in recent time, it would be more tragic. So I'm a little inured. But it's disgusting. It's diarrhea dribbles on newly placed like natural fiber rug. It's super disgusting. It's sad. And it's exactly the opposite of what I would have wanted for my dog and myself. But I'm telling the story because I didn't, it doesn't smell as bad as you would think. Like I cleaned it up. But even that process, I'm like, well, this is weird. I'm do I have COVID? Like I don't, I'm not tasting it, but I'm not smelling it as bad either. I am inured to the smell or maybe I love her so much that it doesn't smell bad. <laughs> it really does smell bad, right? And so I think of that as like the correlation that this is a time where our body isn't um, the center point. Spirit is our spirit. The fact that we are spirit, you know, we'd say, oh, we're 80%, 90% water or whatever the uh, ratio is, but we're so much space between atoms, between particles of matter. And when we kind of like dial down the molecular aspect of self, the corporal, corporeal part of self right now, which is what the resonant tone um, instruct or guides, then we're space and matter matters less and dog shit is matter in this analogy. The last thing is that, yeah, red spectral serpent sounds a lot like, I mean, I'll get into the Mayan astrology of the Zolkin next, but anyone who's a longtime listener, this goes out to you. Like, yeah, that's a total red spectral serpent move to leave this long serpentine spiral of, you know, very spectral, very spectral. And then I discover it today, white crystal world bridger, guided by mirror, I mean, I absolutely know that that was my sacrificial act, you know, sponging up dog diarrhea. Some people who are new listeners don't know that I do this all the time. Like I just drift off into really non-spiritual concepts and I can't control that. I guess I refuse to be new age. Like this is all new age categorization, you know, in a internet search, I come up as new age, no problem. But I mean, I really don't have 
the presentation of a new age person. Find life on earth just all too real to not mention the incidental grappling that we do on a daily or, you know, in terms of our whole incarnation. It's a pretty rough time to be incarnated, in my opinion. So that gets mentioned. And then um, let's switch over. I mean, the, the week that we're in within the resonant moon is very aerated. So the resonant moon itself, the resonant tone is very aerated, spacious. And so is the second week that we are in of any moon uh, or at any time we're in the north. That's a pretty aerated spirit dwelling aspect of creation. So we're in that. So we're kind of doubly in it. And that helps too. That helps with dealing with physical matter when you're like, well, this is physical matter is taking up like one tenth of my perception right now. So 90% of my perception is about non-physical matter. So it helps to deal with physical stuff and invites a lot of reflection on spiritual stuff, which could be anything. You know, spirit isn't just like, you know, religious fervor or non-religious um, spiritual reflection, spirit again is just the other that isn't um, earthen and incarnated. You decide what it is, you know, you feel what it is. Oh man, story took a lot of me, so did the cleanup. Now I'm just embarrassed that I shared that story on a podcast. <laughs> but I'm also like someone who rarely re records. So. Thanks for listening. The Zolkin time that we're in continu continues to be Blue Eagle, and it's going to be stopped and over soon. And it's really had its heyday. You know, I want to impress upon everyone. It's a wave spell. It's not a 13-day, like, stretch of time that looks like, um, you know, a ribbon that you, you know, pull in a line. It is... It's not linear time, it's curved time. There's a curvature to it, and the curve could be illustrated a bunch of ways, but Jose Arguelles called it a wave spell, and I've been happy to follow along and think of waveforms, and I'm not really scientific enough to understand about waveforms in nature, meaning like a fern, the way a fern coils, and fractals are waveforms, I guess, and... He was way into that, and lots of people that follow his lineage and this path are, and um, the Fibonacci spiral is the perfect example of that. And again, I love it, and it's so cool, and I don't understand it, but I do understand ocean waves. So I always picture and describe it as the wave building and breaking, such as we see people surf on, such as we've probably body surfed on um, without a lot of skill. So rising, the way a wave pulls you up towards the sky, sort of surprisingly mountainous moment on the ocean, and then very quickly um, snaps and breaks. And here we're taking the time to understand that it is uh, tension that snaps and breaks. So for the first 10 days or 10 moons or 10 years of a wave spell, the first 10 tones, stages, we are building... Uh, from pressure, we're rising and um, ascending. And that's an accelerating speed or um, pressure to the 
I don't know, rising to the rise. And then the pressure and the acceleration is so great that it kind of overwhelms the whole scenario, the situation, and it stops suddenly. I mean, I really love talking about gravity in this in this particular illustration because basically the wave is water trying to get to the sun <laughs> or the sky. But where does the sky begin? The sky begins, you know, in some way where the atmosphere begins, which is right, you know, where the water line is. So the, the wave is pushing into the atmosphere, trying to ascend toward the sun into the sky. That is what a wave is doing as it rises. It's feeling pressure from below, expose, explosive, and it's pushing it upward. And it's so forceful that it can rise quite a distance until the wave's force it can't match Earth's gravitational field. And that is the moment when the wave stops rising and turns back to Earth. And it, it's been rising so fast that when it hits that kind of invisible force field where it can't rise further, you know, it, it very much is like an explosive return to Earth. And that's where we see like the white cap, white water froth of water, you know, being aerated by its sort of in, internal explosion. And that feels like um, falling apart. And yesterday was a spectral day of the Blue Eagle Wave Spell, Red Spectral Serpent. And, mm, you know, I gave you one picture of something kind of exploding and falling apart. And hopefully you have something much more lyrical and personal that you can draw on. But spectral days can be challenging because we're not prepared like things are going to fall apart in some way today and sometimes things fall apart in a way that feels like you know popping champagne like liberation from pressure is not just a, a list of negative experiences I like to refer people to the feeling of an orgasm which is exactly the same concept you know the building up of pressure and then this very quick release of blood blood rushing through us and it's very sweet so that uh, can be a correlation to the spectral experience like okay everything just fell apart or it fell into place or it fell into peace or maybe it was rigid and tense at you know the the ascent was sort of like driven and forced the wave was marching toward the heaven but you know maybe that felt like a form of bondage even or maybe hitting the moment where you can't rise any farther feels like kind of being slapped down by the heavens and rejected. I mean, these are all sort of paranormal responses, but they can feel like the, the day can hold a personality profile where you're like, man, I just felt like it was the absolute, like I was just being met with resistance wherever I turned a planetary day, you know, like couldn't find an opening and that's because the planetary tone is explaining there's no more more to go which can be congratulatory like yay you've reached your highest peak you did it look at you at the top of everything and it can also be like firm hand of a god force like that's enough you're not coming up here and i always describe and the reason is because while we're on earth, we live on earth and we don't get to live in the sky. That's for after our incarnation. So you will have that dilemma in your life and it will be exposed um, cyclically by following this calendar 
where you're reminded, like, not so fast, not so far. We're not angels. You can't have the perks of being an angel, which is like not feeling physical pain and not really having um, relational demands. You're kind of a free agent, solo flyer. I mean, these are just suppositions of the afterlife, you know, that it's, again, it's spacious, it's ether. Here, you know, we have physical DNA, karmic bonds, and uh, a lot of people on earth and animals and insects, etc. And we're all woven together. And it can feel like a tight weave and we wish we could escape. But no, we're part of the weave and we have to occupy our part until our time has passed. So there's a lot of that push-pull in the Zulkin, um wave spells cycle where you have these gentle or disruptive reminders that um, we have to sort of stay here and deal with the human experience. That's definitely a theme for me. Maybe you're like, oh, that's not really how I experience wave spells, but uh, that's how I experience life. And so <laughs> my wave spells reflect my sort of generalized uh, perception that to restate, you know, life on earth is fraught with uh, physical discomfort and maybe relational discomfort and karma reckoning uh, from human beings creating like you know what I mean not paying it forward sort of robbing ourselves of our own future and security and so here we are and it can be kind of wishful like wow I would love to not deal with this and that is a version of you know aspiring to not be here that's kind of resonant tone, you know, just to review, like that's kind of resonant tone to just kind of explore the boundaries of like, what is it like when you're, when you're ether? Well, we get a little opportunity. It's called a break. You know, if you think of it in the seven, the the seventh of the 13, the tone, the resonant tone is always the middle of a 13 tone experience. And it is just one 13th of the time, but the, the, you know, the, the flavor of it is kind of a break from the driving corporal experience. You know, the wave is part of life force, but you get a a little pause in the middle to just be kind of like, okay, for a minute, you're really, really etheric and light and spacious and not embodied. And then back to it, you know, get back to it. Blue Eagle time, like, I'm aspiring to be more finite in how I offer my perception here because I know that I'm just so many years into it that I get really like non-beginner tutorial and non-restrictive to like, what about Blue Eagle Uh, or even this White World Bridger day? I've abandoned kind of talking about the days on the podcast because who knows when you listen to them. I will talk about the days if I notice something like super synchronistic happening. But if I come back to the Blue Eagle time, where we are in the Blue Eagle wave spell is kind of the waning influence of Blue Eagle. So to review, Blue Eagle is one of the easiest to diagnose, you know, for the lay person. We don't have to be Mayan to have an image of what a Blue Eagle is, what an eagle is. It is a very powerful 
high flying bird. And the Blue Eagle Time celebrates, you know, all of the animals that can live in the sky, you know, most of their days enter the sky. Humans can't. So it is a huge liberation for a human to go through the Blue Eagle Time and feel that lift and Again, you're way closer to the heaven when you're flying at a certain altitude than when you're like walking along the surface of the earth. So this is a magnificent time to feel um, separate from some of the demands on our body and our relationships. That's what Blue Eagle is like. It's like being kind of in the top of your body and thinking about things, but not in your lower body, feeling uh, I don't know, there's good, positive, wonderful feelings in our bodies. And then there's also tension and strife in our bodies or ailments. So a blue eagle person or a blue eagle time isn't super sexual and sexy. That's absolutely my observation. They can do without. They can be monastic and professorial, meaning in their heads and not really into carnal hungers. It's very good for blue eagle people to balance their big brains or their fixation on thought and, you know, entrance into spaciousness by having strong physical relationships and ties and activities. That's very balancing. And in this time of blue eagle, we would have done well to balance how much our minds are racing and how much visioning is happening in our brains with Walking on the earth, um, being sexy, uh, which can happen through sex, but also kind of like, you know, yoga and all these other things that really open up those sort of sensual channels and flow, the bloodstream moving. Uh, And if you didn't achieve that, that's okay, because it's over now. The supremacy of Blue Eagle is really the first 10 days of the wave spell. That's true of every wave spell. That's a really good Um, piece of the teaching that I've come to on my own like of course the whole wave spell is about blue eagle day one to 13 but the first 10 days are really the ascent blue eagles you know I want to say dominance but it really isn't about hierarchy but just like okay the absolute flavor of the moment and all our orientation is to blue eagle until the wave peaks and then remember the undoing of the wave is also the undoing of the force that really drove it. And the force is Blue Eagle for the first 10 days of the wave. And then we capitulate always on the spectral day, the 11th day when the wave breaks, to the opposite of the wave spell. The opposite of the wave spell, Blue Eagle is Red Serpent. So yesterday, Red Spectral Serpent, we capitulated and balanced by breaking our wave and our tension and releasing into the other um, polar opposite. So Blue Eagle is the highest height and Red Serpent is the lowest low and is absolutely like skin to earth, all skin on earth, not on two legs or four legs, all skin on earth, embracing the earth with every, you know, undulation of movement And so we are back to earth via red spectral serpent and where we hold our blue eagle, you know, posture now is reflective, like, wow, this blue eagle experience was blank. And 
that's always true on a crystal day. Like here we are on a crystal day. It's sort of accidental and fortuitous. Jose Arguelles, when he was trying to, you know, overtake the world with this movement in his lifetime, really wanted people to gather on crystal days, not every two weeks, which would be every 14 days and rhythmic with the Gregorian calendar, but every 13 days on the 12th day, the crystal day, the day of gathering and the crystal tone is very much about being together in uniformity after each of us took an individual journey, you know, a kind of personal quest through the Blue Eagle time. Well, what the heck happened? You know, we would be sharing that with each other in this crystal moment. And to that end, you know, I really, I can talk about like my dog and dog crises more easily than I can really put out there my personal primal information you know I, I regret for longtime listeners that they're always like um she has a blue eagle mom so we're going to hear about that <laughs> but um I just have a blue eagle mom and the irony is that she knows it's her wave spell thoroughly because she follows this calendar as um devotedly as I do just kind of a different tone and thread because she is a blue eagle so it's professorial but my blue eagle wave spell reflected backward included a lot of coming to terms with solutions about how fraught that relationship was in its origins and where it is now so I had a really big blue eagle journey and yours might be more muted because you don't have a big you know karmic player carrying that tribe identity or you do and then you should be listening extra closely and observe that going through wave spells that involve big relational aspects for us they hold um, the aspect of a person in our lives who has had a lot of influence or does currently we need to really pay attention to those times and be careful with ourselves because we're being asked to learn and watch a lot about the relationship and ourselves, our relationship to that person, to the relationship. And we might be pulled, swept away into something ex ir experiential that feels very much like being in their presence. And that can be wonderful if they're a part of our wonder. And it can be difficult if they're a part of our historic or current life challenge. I am always down to clown helping you understand astrology in your own life. I am going to be talking about this more frequently. You can get affordable astrology readings from me at resonanttruth.com. And for podcast listeners, if you find a friend, a partner, and you both want to book for the same, not session, but within the same week, book at the same time, there's a reduced rate for you where it's $75 for each of one your one hour sessions so jump on that and i'll be back i'm glad to be here i am lisa star i am another yourself and in mayan we say in la Keche.